One of the most important parts of your worship services is your screen. Think about it. Everyone in your congregation looks to your screen for song lyrics, sermon notes, announcements, and scripture. It's a big deal. To keep your screens looking their very best, look no further than Church Motion Graphics. CMG has all of the eye-catching worship backgrounds, sermon and announcement slides, countdown videos, and more to bring your screens to life. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com now to find your next great look. Welcome back to the Technology in Worship podcast, where we talk everything technology in worship. And by we, I mean myself, Eric Coleman, and my good buddies, Benji Satorius. Buddies? We have a special guest. Who are you? Who am I? (laughs) I am Riley Dieter. Riley Riley, we've heard your name on the podcast a couple times. I'm well known around here. Kind of a big deal. Kind we of a were, big deal. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Mission. Great question. Um, I'm a 22-year-old child <laughs> who lives in Minooka, just recently married and started here at Mission as the media content director. Whoa. So what does a media content director do? <laughs> he directs media. He directs the media and the content. Uh, it's a lot of video, uh, work, anything that's content or media. Wow. Yeah. And you direct, it's pretty, it's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. Well, uh, we brought Riley in for a discussion on everything drums. Because not only are you a media content director, but you also hit things with sticks. Yes. You beat it. I beat it. He's a drummer. So you're a drummer. Uh, you were a contact contracted drummer. Yep. You're in a band. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about Lots that. Lots of things. So uh, started drumming when I was probably six years old at a Methodist church that my dad was preaching for the contemporary service at, and I played bongos. Oh, nice. So that's where it all began at six so years old. So you hit things with hands. I hit things with hands first. <laughs> when I got older, my mom let me have sticks. Nice. So... Started drumming at my church youth group, um, and then in our adult service when I was 11, not because I was good, but because they just needed somebody, and I was the only person around. So started drumming then, um, later on moved uh, to a new church and began drumming there. Uh, And as the years went on, I became the only drummer, and that moved into a contracted drumming position. Um, As that church grew, they grew towards... Uh, professional contracted musicians. So I became the first contracted musician they had. Slowly in into an interim season with no worship pastor, I became their interim music director on a contract, um, and then back to a contract position, and now to Mission Bible Church. Wow. It's wow. been a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. And you're part of a band part of a band and you're the drummer for that i am the drummer and music director for that so we do lots of youth camps and conferences and nice all that sort of jazz so drums they're always too loud nope (laughs) (laughs) that's okay never loud enough in the church world they're always too loud and they're from the devil yeah that's what they say that's (laughs) that's what they say that's what uh 
Grandma Sue says That's what, when yep. she's Grandma attending Sue. church. Yep. Yes. They always complain that the drums are too loud. They do. Uh, let's talk, um, before we go too deep into things, um, different types of drums. So we have acoustic drums, electric drums, all of those things. Yep. In between. In between. Different types of wood yep. as far as the drum shells themselves. Yep. Um, talk to us a little bit about those in the church context. So sure. you have small churches that probably should use electric drums. Yep. Except I would never promote electric drums ever. I'm on the same page. Uh, but you might need them. And then you have acoustic drums, different types of wood that, and different heads that could be quieter. Yep. Different tones, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have a question oh, too. Okay. So you can add this on top, okay, or not. Getting grilled. Just like your preferred drum kit setup. In terms of brand or material uh, in, or no, size. In this case, I'm talking about like where you place things in the drum kit, not brand. Okay. Just I mean, there's generally a good consensus i think of what goes where but just the kick overall should go on the floor that's a good okay so most that's of the good, time <laughs> I thought that sometimes, was on the ceiling. sometimes it does get played like a big thing it can go other places everything drums okay it could be <laughs> just everything drums just, just beat it wherever it's at just beat it just beat it um so different types of drums electric i'm on the same page that i wouldn't ever promote electric unless it's a necessity because Having traveled and played drums, I've played drums in hundreds of different sizes of churches, all the way from like the tiny little like room, like the size of the room we're in with like 12 people in it, all the way up to like arenas with like thousands of people in it. I played in all those spaces and always used acoustic drums. And I think if you have some musical ability as a drummer, you should be able to adjust to the room, play to the room and play with the people in the band with you um, at a respectable volume that isn't damaging to the people in the room. So if you're in a small space and let's say you have a volunteer who just can't just wants to beat touch it. anything just quietly, sm- just like smack just those drums, smack it, that might be an instance where electric drums are needed because ultimately your people are more important than your gear. Um, so as much as I would want to use, for the most part, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as I would want to use acoustic drums in every single situation, if there's a drummer who you just can't get under, under control, no matter how much he's taught and whatever, electric drums might be the move. As far as material of wood, if we're talking drums, there's wood drums, metal drums in the acoustic drum world. Um, it's all preference. It's whatever. I'm not a scientist, but all wood resonates differently so i'm a big fan of maple drums just because i like the way it sounds i don't know if i can describe the way it sounds or why i like it that's just how it is there's maple poplar all sorts of exotic woods you can get maple birch is another one i think birch yep there's a bunch in the snare world i prefer a metal snare drum so my personal snare is brass um which in church is frowned upon because metal tends to be a little bit louder but a little bit more responsive, has a little bit more bite to the attack of it if you hit it with a with a rim shot. Um, 
So in my dream world, I'll move into Eric's question a little bit. In my dream setup, I would have, I'll just throw brand names out there. And That's if fine. anybody listening wants to buy me this drum set. I'm they, sure somebody out there would they, love to do this. They can do it. Yeah, I'm sure. Franklin Drums. Okay, this is my favorite company out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Franklin Drums. I would get a maple poplar kit where the kick is maple poplar. The rest of the toms are maple. And I would play um, a copper snare drum from them. I won't get into the sizes because I can't think of them off the top of my head. Um, As far as number of drums, again, I think depends. The more the better, right? No. (laughs) Oh. No. In the 80s. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Um, If I had a preference, it really depends on the situation I'm in. Like... For example, if I'm playing drums at Mission Bible Church, where Benji works and I work, I would go with two toms, kick, snare. Simple. At my last church, I had three toms, kick, snare. Like two floor tom like type of thing? two floor yeah. toms. So it depends on the type of music you're playing, the type of room you're playing, and who you're playing with. Um, and I think I can do most things that that I would do with three toms, I can do it on two toms. And it, nobody would really tell the difference yeah. other than me, unless I'm getting yeah. like really crazy. Um, the reason for that difference, one is space. At uh, my last church, it was a little bit bigger of a space. Mm-hmm. Um, and style, it was a little bit more gospel. So we would play a good mix of CCM and then like full on gospel music that had a little bit more intricate movement around the drums yeah um so that's it on size i think uh in church i almost lean towards the simpler the better um once there's more to do uh it can become a distraction if you throw a volunteer on a drum set with 15 toms like they're just gonna want to hit all All 15 15. right at the same time well and you also have to take into context miking yep so Assuming you have that many times, you're probably or should mic all those times. Sure. That requires more channels on the soundboard. Yep. Obviously. More channels for a monitor board if you run a separate monitor board. Yep. So you're taking the complexity up. It's not just more drums. It's more everything, everything. else. Everything. Yep. More volume, more channels on your board, more mixes, more everything. One thing that you said earlier on playing in small room, big room, all that stuff. There was one, I think it was a YouTube video that I was watching a while back where the drummer, and it was a uh, church drummer, professional church drummer, said that he basically, if you're a decent drummer, you should be able to um, accommodate to any drum size and style and any space that you're in. Agreed. Does not mean because agree. you're a loud drummer that, well, you have to play an, an electric set in this small room. No, yeah. that drummer should be able to bring it down and make the acoustic drums fit in a small room or big room. It really just comes from the drummer itself. Yep. So, because obviously, if you're in a smaller room, you can only bring the volume down so much. And then it then it's all on the drummer after that. So, yeah, we uh, we've 
got some work that we've done with our drummers uh, yep. because we were in a full drum enclosure a few years ago and now they're completely open except for some shy baffles on the front and we're in a, a room that is uh seats like 500 people so it's not a big room it's basically a big box multi-purpose room and with the work of drummers we've made that work in our context now we've done other things with sound treatment on the back wall and things like that um but they the drummers had to play differently than in a full enclosure they can't just beat everything as loud as they or as hard as they can um now they have to play with more dynamics and bring it back and all that stuff and things are tuned differently as and well. tuned differently so we'll get into that next before that though thoughts on different types of sticks okay. hot rods nylon tip versus the wood tip like yep. all that different stuff yep because i hate hot rods but give us your thoughts as a drummer uh i hate them too if i have the chance i'll use my regular sticks every chance i get um I think we talked about this recently, Benji, about nylon tip sticks. Uh-huh. I hate them. Because um, br- isn't it brighter? It, it can be a little brighter on yeah. the symbols, so it yeah. gives you a, a tougher, brighter attack because the tip, instead of being wood, is plastic. It's Which a harder, harder surface. Yep. Um, so think of plastic hitting a piece of brass, a.k.a. the symbol, versus a piece of wood hitting that symbol. It's going to be a little pingy, yep. a little tin- tinny. Yep. Um, just all the frequencies you don't want. It's not that it's necessarily louder. It's just the, the, the nasty frequencies are brought out in the attack of so it. it. It appears louder. Yeah. If I were playing like a throwback rock gig, I think a nylon tip would be well suited. But in the church, church in general, church music, um, both on the CCM and gospel side of things, you don't really need that kind of attack. Worship tends to be a lot washier a lot warmer yeah um atmospheric sort of deal in most churches context a relatively small room that you're trying to control the volume with because in most churches the volume is almost always too loud for yep someone somebody and it's never loud enough for someone else so it's an amazing thing yep but um what's your what's your take on as far as harvest, do you guys use certain sticks? Do they do they change? Because you're in an enclosure now, I believe, right? Semi enclosure, mostly. Yes, we are using a semi enclosure with a shield up front and then some soundproofing panels, basically, on top. Yeah, and the back is open, with the exception of we have soundproofing kind of just along the back of it, so you can yep. get in and out. So that's our drum setup. And as far as uh, your room, so your room seats like 1,200? About 1,200. Something like that. It's a very wide room with tall ceilings. Yep. And the back wall is not sound treated. It's just a And you don't have a very deep stage. Not very deep at all. Okay. So your drums are off to the side? Yes. They're stage left as it stands currently. And then as far as sticks, what do you guys, do you know what your drummers use? Do they use the same thing? Our drummers are using different things throughout the set. So they could change between 
between song, uh, between player. Yep. Um, some of our drummers do use hot rods, so I'll let them know that you guys hate those. Well, I, I'm actually, I know why I hate them. I don't know why Riley hates them. So as a drummer, why do you hate hot rods or don't like them? First things first, they are built terribly. They break so they fast. They do break easily. It makes a, a nasty mess. A terrible mess. It's just these yes. little pieces of wood. <laughs> lined around a piece of foam which is also not a good piece of foam like it's like the cheapest it's like styrofoam with these little pieces of wood around it it's just like i could play as soft as possible and i still will like chew through them and just have sawdust under me yep and by the end of the set like they're gone and i'm playing with styrofoam in my hands (laughs) which no matter how good you are never sounds great styrofoam Styrofoam doesn't make good noises um hot rods make a really cool clicking sound because of those little pieces of wood around the foam when you hit a drum they all hit against each each other so the stick is actually making a sound which every stick technically does make a sound if i'm playing with wooden sticks those are resonating in my hand you don't really hear it a hot rod you're gonna hear it because those things are clacking together yep um and you're just the tone you get from a hot rod or the lack thereof or the lack thereof <laughs> i should say is not a great thing you're really yeah. like getting a tap from the head and the drum itself like the shell of the drum itself is not going to resonate unless you're like really beating it yep um so the reason why i really hate them is because of the rattle of the sticks mm-hmm. the tone i can I can maybe fake something and make it fit in our in a context, but the rattle that they give off drives me absolutely nuts. And it's mostly on the toms. The snare, I don't quite always hear the rattle, but it's when they hit the toms, I'm like, holy cow, those sound awful. It does sound like a rattlesnake from yes, time to it's time. Like it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, and honestly, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me in our room but to me they don't really sound that much quieter now maybe they are quieter but in our context it just doesn't sound that much quieter where i'm like okay i we have to use them i'll say that in our context i do notice that they're quieter okay between same drummer same song if they're switching yeah. between the two. Yeah, I've uh, every so often our drummers will pull pull them out. It hasn't happened recently, but they'll pull them out and they'll play a song with them. And I will literally go up to the drummer, maybe be in the middle of the song or right after the song, and I say, "Don't use those." Usually, I say, "Is there a reason why you're using these?" Their reasoning is usually because I don't want to be too loud. And I said, "Nope, no. Use your other sticks. We'll adjust accordingly." Because I'd rather have a good tone and no rattle from the sticks. Even if it was like a little on the loud side, I'd rather go a little on the loud side and have a good tone and no rattle than maybe quiet-ish and a rattle and not good tone. So that's my take on stupid hot rods. So That's interesting hearing coming from a sound guy perspective. Yes, I am not a drummer at all. I yeah. can actually play a beat, and that's it. It's probably the same beat that, that everybody, everybody else says they can play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's about all I could do. I know how I can make a drum sound really good, but I'm 
coming at the context of a audio guy and yeah. not a drummer at all. I think even more than like the sticks you use, the drummer's relationship with the sound guy is huge. Yes. Very like if important. you can have those conversations and have it not be like heated or yep. like this unspoken hatred between each other of like he wants me to be quiet and I want to be loud. <laughs> if you guys can openly have that conversation and understand you're both there to save serve yep. the same purpose yep. um and work together and compromise and meet in the middle of a place that sounds good and serves the room and serves the worship, yep. serves the people um in the best way possible, that's like hugely paramount yep. to what like if if you came to me as a sound guy and you said you have to use hot rods because otherwise everything's going to sound terrible. <laughs> I will hate using the hot rods, but I would do it. But if I came to you and was like, I can't use these hot rods, then hopefully we would find somewhere in the yep. middle where we could compromise. Yep. And you could say, okay, bring the volume use down. A hot you rod can use a your use... right hand and sure. a regular stick, stick in your stick. left hand. <laughs> hey, we, we can make it happen. We'll, we'll, make so- we'll make something happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, the, the relationship is the most important thing out of all of it. Because if you don't have that relationship, you can't go to the drummer and say, hey, bring it down 10% or use these sticks instead of these or the electric guitar player to say, turn your amp down. Like those usually won't go very well yep. if you don't have that relationship. Yep. Uh, I've had one, I think one pushback on drums from a drummer. Um, but we did have, a re- we do and did have a relationship at the time. So it was it ended fine but there was a little bit of pushback where he pulled the line of uh do you play drums and my response was exactly the response i gave 30 seconds ago well i can play a beat i can play a beat (laughs) but i'm not a drummer (laughs) so uh it got a little heated but the end result was it it all worked out we both came to understanding of okay we we want the same outcome. Yeah. Am I going to be happy? Are you going to be happy? We might not both be satisfied or happy with the whole context of everything, but we know our end goal and now we need to do whatever we can do to get there. So, um, symbols. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh, those things that ring, those things that make your ears hurt. Yes. There's different size symbols. There's different types of symbols. They have different tones. Yep. Um, people use rides as crashes and they crashes do. as rides and bang those things as hard as they can. Yep. I've heard there's a certain technique of how you hit the symbol that can make it a little quieter versus Lots of like techniques. versus like straight on the symbol versus like a slide like across the symbol. I'd never do that. So there's, there's, uh, there's things. There are things. Tell us the things. There's a lot of things. I can't tell anybody what kind of symbols to use because it's all personal preference. I feel like that would be like telling a guitarist, these are the strings you have to use and these are the picks you have to use. There's churches out there that do that, by the way. Yeah, I wouldn't play guitar there. <laughs> um, so I think... Are you saying symbols are more of a preference and um more, more personal important, more personal than the drum set itself like the drums I would, itself i'd say both are personal the cymbals are probably more personal to each drummer's sound and how they play than the drums are 
Okay. Um, I think heads can be more personal than the actual shell of the drum. Yeah. If we're like rating the personability of each of these items, <laughs> the drum <laughs> shells are at the bottom. Well, it's hard to symbols are heads. It's hard to change the drum shells without right. buying you know a whole right. new drum set. So. Right. You can change the heads out and if, keep the same shell of the drum. Yeah. If so, I were in an instance where I were traveling to play drums, which I have done in the past, and uh, the church says, oh, we have a drum set you can use, I will generally bring my own cymbals and my own snare drum and my own kick pedal because those are personal to me and the way that I play in my sound as a drummer. I can deal with their drums. I can probably retune their drums a little bit. Yep. If I built a relationship with their lovely sound guy um, <laughs> and worked that out and can get them back to where they had them for their that's That's probably one of the most services. important things is if you're going to change it. Get it back Especially to where it if was. you were like a walk-in drummer for the weekend type of thing. Yep. Uh, if you're going to change something, obviously ask first. Yep. Get that okayed by either the worship leader, pastor, or lead audio engineer. And then from there, you got to be able to get it back. Whether or hopefully you, I've done a really great job tuning and they just want to keep it. They want to well, keep it, yeah. that and just the positioning. Because everyone, yep. people that play drums, they like their snare a little higher or a little lower. Sure. Or their floor time over here or the cymbals at a different height. So if you're going to change it, hopefully you put it back at least close to where it yep. was before you changed it. Yep. In cymbal world, there are all kinds of different thicknesses and sizes and types and everything you can, weights, everything you can imagine uh, can be differently. I'm personally your cheesy classic worship drummer who loves giant thin cymbals um, just because that's my sound. I think that fits the way I play for worship music the best. And I think that's a trend in worship music. It could change. Like early 2000s was all like thin, or not thin, thick, small symbols that were bright and nasty. So generally, the thinner the symbol, the more wash you will get and the less focused tone. So in a thinner symbol, you'll get more of like a, I would almost relate it closer to like a white noise sort of wash. Mm -hmm. The thicker symbol is going to be more tonally focused like a bell and just like, got it. Bing. Yep. Not fun, yeah, especially because awful. there's some fun overtones in those yep. that are never pleasant um, in the current worship scene. Yep. Um, Size-wise, same thing. Bigger the better. Bigger the better, always. Always. Um, my most recent symbol purchases, I'm just going to throw this out there to anybody who knows sizes of things. Yes. My ride symbol was 26 inches. Okay which is pretty Large. huge mm -hmm. um, for comparison. The size of a snare drum is generally 14, 14 inches yeah. is like the most standard size of snare so drum. Like twice the size. Like pretty huge. Um, <laughs> like it looks pretty unproportionate yeah. looking at the drum set. Um, and my crash cymbals were both 24 inches, which is... Still pretty big. Pretty Before well. I made those purchases, my ride was 21 inches. So now my crashes were three inches bigger than my ride. Yep. Um, and then 17 inch hi hats, mm -hmm. which like in industry standard world are usually like 14 inches. Got it. So pretty big symbols. Yep. And I love every second of playing those huge symbols. Yep. Um, they're thin. So super big, super thin. If I touch it, like the whole thing bends like a piece of paper. 
um, but it creates this super washy, um, not sharp, not bright attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so you hit the cymbal and it just kind of like widens out whatever sound is coming from the drum set creates this huge atmospheric wash, which I think is perfect for what the worship scene sort of is right now. At Harvest, do you know what size or what brand symbols you guys use? We are using Zildjian symbols. The exact size, I do not know. Got it. the top of my head. Yep. I imagine they're pretty standard sizes, though. Nothing yeah. huge and washy. It uh, over the last few years, it seems like heartbeat has grown in popularity yep. in the worship church land. Yep, uh, which is the brand that we use at Mission as well. Um, and ours are pretty big, probably not as big as those that no. you have. Um, but we did increase the size uh, from our original symbols, which I don't remember what they were. Um, but we did get bigger ones and yep. went to heartbeat. Which are a slightly darker tone, washy, darker tone than what we originally had. Yep. So when we took our drums out of the cage, that was one of the first things that we did was like, oh, we got to get these cymbals a lot quieter. How do we do that? So bigger is better. Bigger is bigger better. Is better. Yeah. Heartbeat is great. I play heartbeat. And we lowered too. them quite a bit. Like height-wise. Height-wise. Sorry. Height-wise, we lowered them what they originally were, which I I think, in my mind, that makes you hit them uh, less as hard or less harder because you don't have to reach as high. I could be completely wrong. Again, I'm, Maybe. Not, I'm not a drummer. I'm not a drummer either. Uh, but if I have to reach for something, I feel like I might swing harder than if it's just like in front of you. right in front of me or closer to me. So and then we lowered our overhead mics quite a bit, so it kind of forces the drummers not to really put the sticks over their heads. Otherwise, they might hit the microphone, <laughs> or they'd hit the microphone. There's this thing about me, and again, I'm not a drummer, but I'm pretty sure, at least in the church world, medium-sized room context, the sticks slash your hand should not go over your head. I agree with that. For the most part, I would agree. <laughs> in a worship context, on a Sunday morning, it's probably not necessary. Again, in, in, in context of yes. a medium to small size room in the church world, because a lot of it comes from the wrist and not the elbow. I feel like if your hands are over your head, you have to use your elbow in order to hit anything that's above your head. It's like hard to bend your wrist to hit stuff without bending your elbows. Yeah. If you could see a video of our podcast right now, I have my hands <laughs> over my head trying to hit symbols that would be at like my chest shoulder level and I you like you can't do it. Yeah. So if you keep your elbows lower and use your wrist, then it's going to be naturally quieter because you have less momentum of that stick coming down on the symbol or the drum. The bigger motion might be more engaging as like a viewer per se. Yep. Someone sure. watching the drummer. That's drum. what I was just going to say. So on the contrary, being I've done a lot of like drumming that's performative in nature, yep. whether it's a worship concert or a country concert or whatever, I will often put my sticks above my head, but it's more for show, for visual, 
rather than for volume. So I think, actually, no, if I took my stick six inches from a drum or a cymbal, yep. I could hit it at the same volume if it was one inch away from that cymbal mm-hmm. or if it was above my head. Yep. I could, with one inch of my stick away, I could create the same volume as I could sure. with a full swing above my head. Yep. Yep. But not everyone is as, as good as you. I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> so so in mo- most churches uh, don't have contracted drummers. So they have volunteers that have a day job, a family. They play a little bit during the week to prepare for the weekend. Sure. And then they, and they're, pl- they're playing on a completely different set than what they're going to play. In their unfinished basement with yep. sound yep. bouncing off of all um, the concrete. And they may play with headphones to hear whatever they're playing. They might just have a stereo speaker, whatever. Uh, but then they come to a church context, and it's a completely different setup. Yep. From probably all angles, the amount of drums, the tuning of the drums, the type of drum, the positioning of everything. Yep. Uh, they bring their sticks, and that's basically all that they are familiar with. Sure. In that context, so. Um, Let's talk about tuning of drums real quick. Let's. Uh, because that can make a difference. It can. In volume. Uh, uh, maybe instead of, uh, along with tuning, the type of head as well. So there's different types of heads. Yep. And then the tuning of those heads. Yep. What do you say about that? Tight and thin? Sure. Well, I think... <laughs> <laughs> so type of head and tuning of a head again depends on your goal for tone for a style of music for the room that all changes and i think in my mind this is coming from somebody who's not a sound guy and i'm the drummer so i just maybe, i'll either agree with you or disagree i with maybe you. care less than you do about this but my last focus is volume my first focuses are going to be tone sound how it fits the music we're playing the room we're playing um and approach that and then have volume be adjusted by my playing not by the gear that i'm that i'm hitting um so there's been rooms where i've played heads that are totally different from what heads we have here what heads we had at my last contracted gig or whatever gigs i might play or on my travel kit like yep they're all different heads based on what i'm doing in the tuning world there's a trend in worship that everything should be as deep as possible. Thick and deep. And like nasty, tubby, washy yes. deepness. Yes. And really, I believe in order to accomplish that, the head basically has to feel like a pillow when you hit it with the stick. That's the theory. Because <laughs> everyone me... wants that fat snare drum, Kay. right? The fat snare drum. I'm going to drop some wisdom right here. Here we go. Everyone listen. Everybody's tuning their drums real low. Yes. That's not how you do it. All right. In my opinion. Listen, I'm, I'm not a professional <laughs> anymore, I guess. <laughs> you were. I was. <laughs> not anymore. I'm out of the game. Yes. There's people out there who probably have better opinions than me. Doubt it, but yeah. Okay. Tuning the head low is not the way to get your fat snare drum. Yes. Your bottom head... The strainers or snares on your snare drum, let those things be loose. Uh, the strainers, the snares, yes. the little wires that are running across yep. there. Okay. And there's also a different amount of yep. wires that you can get. So more commonly in just music in general, people are rocking like these little 
I want to say like 19 strand wires mm-hmm. or something like that. Yep. I try to go for 42 strand that's, snares. That's a lot more that's than a lot. So that's 19. A lot of wires on the bottom of your snare drum. Yep. They're pretty thick um, to get as much of that like snarey sort of sound, snare. the rattle yep. as you can. And I get those as loose as I can on the bottom head before you hear them actually like rattling or like ringing like guitar strings. Um, so there's a really like fine line yep. between tight where you won't really get that resonating snare sound or too loose where you hear the actual wires rattling. So I try to get right in between that line. And if you have your bottom head cranked as tight as you can get it, like pretty dang tight. Yeah. Those things will resonate on that head for pretty long. Yep. That being said, that's where that like fat beefy sound most of the time comes from. You can have your top head pretty tight. You'd be surprised like if you walked into Bethel or Hillsong or whoever, however many people are rocking this like deep snare. Yep. You'd be surprised how tight their top heads actually are tuned. Like yep. they're pretty tight. Um a couple of years back I went and actually played um with one of Hillsong's drummers on his kit and like this was the first time I was like shocked because like from his snare even around his whole toms like his toms sound super beefy but they were all like dead and pretty tight and he yeah. was like oh yeah we just do all of that like at front of house like yep. how we mic it how it's like compressed eq'd gated i know you have lots of cool ways you run gates yes. benji um that's all like the tonal side of it is where they did that and that's in like a bigger room if i remember correctly i i might be off with the number a little bit but I believe Bethel tunes their, dr- their snare drum to 263 hertz when they hit the drum head, I believe. That's really specific. Yes. I believe you. I don't know. I don't know either. There you I've, go. I've never Which, tuned to a number. So, uh, so if you have a way of doing that... Uh, the most common way is called a tune bot. Tune bot. It clips onto the side of the drum or on the yep. shell uh, of the drum, and you hit the drum without the the strings enabled, I believe, and it will give you a number. And I'm pretty sure I saw that they run theirs at 263, which is actually quite high in a snare drum. Yep. Most people think, oh, I need to make it as soft as possible, like a pillow. Yep. And that's how you get the deep tone. And I believe I detuned ours quite a bit. And I did that tune bot measurement. This was a, uh, a while ago. And it was, I believe, it was like 130 or something mm-hmm. like that. Deep. Which deep. is like not even close to 263. Yep. So... Yeah, it's and I'll it, add too the it's looser. A lot tighter. If you get your drum head like super super loose, that can be damaging to the actual drum, like the wood that the yeah. head is sitting on. If you're just smacking like a dead, untightened head, that can be like that well, can warp your wood or crack the wood. The, that head is basically floating. Yep. On that shell at that point, because yep. there's really no friction with yep. the lugs on that shell. Correct. So if it's just floating there, every time you hit it, it's going to move and kind of shake a little bit. Yeah, it's going to cause some yeah. damage to... Mm-hmm. Unless it's a metal drum. Unless it's a metal drum. <laughs> That's another reason I like metal drums. There's a huge tuning range. 
like the range goes up because you're yeah. not dealing with the resonation of wood. Mm-hmm. It's just sound bouncing off the metal inside of this drum. Uh, so you get like you can go way higher, you can go way lower. I believe the depth of the j- snare drum also plays into account. Huge amount. So uh, a factory kit, basic kit snare is probably what, like a six inch six snare? Six and a half if is that. pretty yeah. common. And what are they now, like eight, ten? I play an eight inch deep snare, yeah. so 14 by eight. Because um, all a snare is is the sound bouncing between the two heads and between the shell of the drum like inside of your drum so the deeper it is the longer that sound takes to bounce back and forth between the two heads floor time is pretty deep Deep. pretty deep yeah and it'll ring out way longer than you your snare drum would if you tune them pretty tight and got them to resonate as long as they could the floor time would go longer because it's deeper yep so that's another additive way to get like that deeper washy snare sound because the sound will take longer to resonate and hit those snares on the bottom. Yeah. Um, do you know what snare thickness or type of snare you guys use at Harvest? It's a Ludwig Black Beauty, the generic one. The, Good snare. The more generic one. How often should drum heads be changed? Ooh, good question. You ready for this? <laughs> when I'm going to I'm going to say uh, let me guess what your answer Okay 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 cuz I have no idea what you're going to say. I'm going to I'm going to guess um every two times you play the drum. Like every two shows. Okay? Every two shows. I'm going to guess I, I almost want to say after every time you play, like every, after every show, but Okay. I mean that might be an ideal setting. But is Yeah, I'm not really talking about like Yeah, just just go, just go just go, you know. Just go all out. Okay. Full out. I think they should be replaced after rehearsal. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. I would no, not no. suggest no, no, that. No. Uh, replace, Sorry, sound guy. Here we so go. I would say you'd probably replace them monthly. Okay. But I'm sure it does depend on how often you're playing that sure. same drum set. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. a touring drummer, you're going to replace those every show. Yep. And probably the, obviously, the harder you hit the drum, you're wearing that head out yeah. more. Uh, but okay, go ahead. I'm going to give this answer to you from a couple different perspectives okay. with a couple different answers that I think are all good. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Number one, as a touring drummer, which I've done some tours. Yes. And I think I've only changed my heads on one tour. I generally, if it's a longer tour, will change my heads before the tour. And then I think there was one trip I did. That was about a month long. I changed my heads halfway through. If I had a drum tech and an endless budget and was playing like consistent arena shows. After like every show. Right. Yeah. It would like, and I had somebody to do it for me because it's a lot of work to yeah. sit there and replace all of them and tune yep. them. I would do it all the time. Yes. And that would be super sick because the tech would be good and be able to get them sounding consistent every night, which is great for the sound guy. Um, the downside of that as somebody who doesn't have a tech and doesn't have a huge endless budget, <laughs> number one, drum heads are expensive. They are. And then the more drums you have. The more drums you have, the, the more, more you got to buy. The bigger yeah. they are, the, the yep. more they cost. Yep. And then drum heads, similar to guitar strings or anything that's tensioned, stretch. Yep. So like if I were to do them myself, it would take me a pretty long time to get them to sound consistent for each night on the trip in different rooms or whatever. 
because uh, the goal is for the source of the audio in drums or really anywhere on the stage to be consistent and really only have to change the room EQ in each place um, and go in and make fine detail yep. adjustments from there. Dream world, change them every day. My world, <laughs> don't change them every day. No, if, not an endless budget. Not an endless budget. <laughs> in church world, so playing them once, twice, maybe three times a week, to put a number on it, I would tell a church if they were asking me for budget numbers, yep. how often do we need to buy these things? I would suggest at a minimum top heads every six months mm. and bottom heads every year. Wow. Not that, as often as I thought. So that might be say. that might be pushing it, depending yeah. on how often your drums are played, how they're being played, yep. what heads are on them. My real rule for myself personally, not playing for anybody, just with my own drum kit. When I travel with my drum kit, when I play in different places, I change them when they sound bad. That's a great answer. Like wow. if they sound good, why, why would why, I change why them? Why break it if it's not broke? They still sound or good. Why change it if it's not broke? Yeah. yeah. So I change my heads when they are broken or when they sound bad or they just look disgusting. Yes. If I can't look at it anymore, I might change it. But if it sounds good, I'm going to keep using it because the sound is what really matters to me. Yeah. Replace one head at a time or the whole kit? How much money do I have? Okay. Good question. You have enough to do all the drums. If I can do all the drums, I'll do all the drums. It'd be nice to just get them all done at once. Yeah. However, I'll only replace one if that's the situation. And usually probably snare because that gets hit the yeah. most. Usually I replace my snare more often yep. than not. Uh, at Harvest, how often do you guys change your drum heads? We're replacing them about every six months, which is what Riley was yeah. kind of talking about there. Yeah. Uh, we we typically, we either do quarterly or right before a big service, as in like Easter, uh, Spy Kids for our summer day camp, Yep. Uh, Christmas, and then if we did like a worship night or something like that, we would basically do it those three or four times. Um, which those all kind of space out by nat like naturally about every quarter um, is usually when we we change ours. So we're almost due. Woohoo! Almost. Woohoo! Let me tune them this time. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a slightly different question regarding drums. Okay. Uh oh. Just can you talk on double kick? Versus single kick for a little bit. Are uh, are you referring to double kick as in pedal. two? Okay, sorry, double kick pedal. Yes. Yeah. Because everyone wants more metal. Sound. They do. Everyone loves metal in church. I know. Who e doesn't? Everybody. Who doesn't love metal? I just I just want to hear a little bit of your opinion on it. Okay. I don't uh, play the drums. Personal either. opinion. I, I think most. If you're a decent drummer, you can actually make a single pedal. Kind of sound almost, like a double. Almost sound like a double. Okay. I have not used a double pedal in many, many years because I just simply don't need to for, yeah. for church music. Yeah. Like I'm playing, answer. like of all the things I've played, they have very rarely been metal. Like the farthest yeah. I've gone is like punk, rock, which still I can get away with a single pedal with some good technique. Yeah. Worship, there's some stuff that can be hard to play with one foot, but can absolutely be done. Country can absolutely be done with like one one pedal. Country and worship are super similar, at least as far as playing drums go. Yep. 
I haven't used one. If you put one in front of me, I would probably not sound really good on it because it takes quite a bit of technique yeah. to use both feet that way. And yeah, I don't, unless your church is playing metal music, <laughs> it's probably not super necessary. Yeah. If you have a volunteer who's like, I love metal and this I have is to like have a dream, I have to have drink. it. So for a while, we actually did run a double kick pedal and we had uh, multiple drummers that could actually play it well. Okay. Or actually, I would say very good, but they used it right at the right moments and not all the time. It's got to be tasteful. So they picked and choose when and where to place that sound yep. uh, in a song. And it was not every song. It was not every weekend. Uh, we had it hooked up all the time. There might have been three weeks in a row where it was not used at all. But then that one song for maybe some build or whatever, they decided, oh, let's throw this in. And it was done well, and it was tasteful, and it, it did sound really cool. Uh, but it can also be done not very, very, not very well. Agree. And in poor uh, areas of yep. the song. If you're, like, inconsistent, like, or the timing is inconsistent, or the... Like your left is not as hard as the right. Yeah. So it's not the same. It can throw a lot of things off and it just does not sound good. Yep. And I would rather not have that and just have a solid kick, single kick, if it can't be done well. Yep. So drumming in general, because I think a double kick, the reason you have a double kick is to attain more speed on your kick drum to hit more notes than you could with just your single foot in a certain amount of time drumming especially in the church i would much rather have like well thought out well placed well intentioned notes than just have a lot of notes on the drums in in any portion of the song any build like even if you're like doing a classic worship build six bridges in i think well intentioned well played slow notes yeah. super simple playing can go way farther than super yep. fast notes yep. and i mean like you said earlier playing a double kick make i mean it takes a lot of time to get that to sound good and be good take that time and actually learn to play on the beat yeah. and play consistent on the beat and go that direction versus spending time on something that you might use for three seconds on yep. one song every other month or whatever. So yeah, I agree. You should just work on your tone and your playing ability, not the double kick playing ability. I asked cause I do remember growing up and having some friends and people who were in a metal band Yes, and they were very into the double oh, kick yeah. thing. Well, times have changed we too. Like worship yeah. music now is yeah. different than worship music early 2000s, yeah. which That's was true. like way more rock guitar, yep. like way heavier. And back then it was, it was common to have a lot of cymbals and a lot of toms yep. and like a big kit. Yep. And now you look at most kits and it's like Simplified. two or three toms, a few cymbals, Yep. Like a snare and that's it. Like it's not a bajillion drums and a bajillion cymbals and all this stuff. So I have another just kind of off the wall question here. Okay. If you were to be playing in like a smaller acoustic setting. Yep. 
Would you take your entire kit or would you... Like a stripped down version. Yeah, slim the kit down even more to be like a... And what would that be? Like a kick, a snare, a floor tom, and yep. a hi-hat? Or what would you do? Um, it depends on the setting. So as much as I can avoid it, I'm, I would rather not play cajon. So I'm so one step above cajon, but before you need <laughs> a full kit. Yeah, so, where I'm, I'm so usually where I'm at is I'm going to strip down my drum set. If we're like really acoustic running, like no mics, it's probably going to look different than like a stripped down acoustic set that's on stage and like we're still miking things. It also depends on how much space I have because a lot of times like if we're playing a set that's that small, that's that stripped back, part of the restriction is probably space on stage or space in the room if it's like a worship in the round sort of situation. I've played acoustic sets where I still have kick, snare, two toms, a cymbal, and a hi-hat. So still a pretty full kit, but I can play it in a way that fits the genre of acoustic vibes that we're going for in that setting. I've also gone just like kick, snare, hi-hat, and that can work too. It really depends on the setting and what songs we're playing, what I need to accomplish with the drums, how big the room is, how much space do I have to work with in my little drum corner. Um, yeah, and, and, and what we're trying to accomplish with the, the full set, the full band. So let's just say... You throw something at me. Give I'm me an example. Gonna, I'm just going to give you an, give example. an example. Coming up at Harvest, we're going to be doing a Christmas market. Okay. And in the background, we're going to have live music going. Nice. But I would like to have... This is something that I'll be overseeing. So I would like to have drums, but not necessarily cajon. Yep. But not a full kit because the setting will be just kind of off in a corner, background noise. Yep. How should I set that up? Ride cymbal, hi-hat, kick, and snare is what I would say. Okay. Couple questions. <laughs> Do you, Are people going to be able to like have a conversation over this background music or is it like, is this a pretty loud market or is it like, uh, so this would be in our cafe area. Okay. And the market's going to be in the worship center. You haven't been over to harvest yet, but no. they'll be coming into the room and then out and then just kind of live music cafe happening. So ideally they're still able to have somewhat of a conversation over Got it. the music. And are you, you're miking this band? And to More so, if we do, it'll be for post-production. Okay. The no vocal, no the vocals, PA. Sorry, PA for vocals, Got it. guitars, but not really necessary for drums. Not probably. for drums. Okay. First things first, I would encourage you to mic the kick. Mm-hmm. Get a little sub action out there because you could that that Sounds never good hurts. To me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even if you just one run one run one sub and just put the kick in it. I don't know if you have a bass player, but that would be good in there too. Um just to have a little low end field out there because that's the purpose of the kick. And if you just have the beater sound of just raw acoustic kick, it's not going to go far. And it's probably, I don't know what your cafe is like, but if it's like most other cafes, it's just going to bounce around everywhere yep. and be a nasty attacky yep. sound. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I can imagine a church cafe and I think they're all exactly they're the same. I think the same. that everybody has the same cafe. They're, we'll be they're on different the, sizes, but they're yeah, all basically it's, the same. They're built the same we'll exactly. We'll be on they the, the carpeted side, but it's pretty okay. much the same. A lot of hard surfaces. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad there's carpet. I imagined white tile. 
That's just like that's beige the church tile beige on the outside. Beige. It used to be white when they installed it. <laughs> um, okay, so in this setting, I would go kick drum, and I'm gonna open a new chapter here. I would change my kick pedal beater. Whoa! So the like pl- the plastic. Well, so in church, I'm using plastic or rubber. I think it's mine's plastic. I don't know. It's some sort of hard material mm-hmm. like that. I think it's plastic. It could be just a hard rubber. For this setting, I would go to like a felt, oh, oh, felt, yep. felt uh, beater. There's like what comes with most kick pedals is like one side is like felt, yeah, you like one side is or rubber or plastic or whatever. Yep. So I'm using the plastic side. Either... I would just flip to that like felt side or you can buy like pretty fluffy. I would get as fluffy as possible. Kick beater. They have like, fl- they almost look like cotton balls or like fuzzy, like stress balls, like almost like a blank. Like they're soft. They're cute. They're, I would, they're cute. They're cute. Okay. I would get one of those. <laughs> could you cuddle put it? Put that on there. You could cuddle it. Sure. Not <laughs> okay. while it's swinging, no. but that wouldn't feel good. So I would put that on there. If you don't have that, I've done things before, like I've taken like a piece of like a cut up shirt or like a cloth and just wrapped it around there and like velc- like tape, like gaff tape or like rubber bands or whatever I have just around the beater to soften up the beater. So you're getting less of that nasty attack that's going to bounce around the beige tile cafe and get more of that like oomphy tone mm, yeah. out of the drum. Um, so I would do that with the kick. And then if you are making the kick, what I would do is I have a really cool like weighted blanket or you could use like a moving blanket. I'd throw that over the front of the drum, mic the drum, so then you're getting a lot of control on the sound end rather than it just being a live kick drum in the room. So you have full control from the mic with this really warm, the blanket helps, helps to warm it up a little bit too, get this really warm tonal oomph. And so in like a setup that I've done like this in the past, I put my blanket over it and with the drum I had, I put the mic inside the drum facing the rezzo head so it's not even facing the attack side of the drum okay. it's facing the more resonant side of the drum which doesn't sound good in most settings but in this one i would lean towards that just might work to soften as much of the drum the kick drum as i can then i would go snare drum and i would cover it in some way in this setting um that could be um big fat snare drum is a company they make uh like Plastic, cloth, all sorts of mutes or muffles or tonal rings that you can put on your drums. Um, if you have one, a big fat snare drum tortilla is like a cloth thing. It's the same thing. It's more, way cheaper if you just get like a t-shirt and throw a t-shirt on the drum or a towel. Some way to sort of muffle that drum, bring down the tone of it. Because really like drums are loud. Um, only if you hit them hard. Only if you hit them hard. But even hitting them pretty quiet, they can still be loud. Um, and I think in this setting, you could still hit the drums pretty loud if you bring down those like bad piercing frequencies. So putting a shirt or a towel over the drum or over part of the drum brings down some of those nasty frequencies that come from the stick attacking right on the head or right on the rim or whatever. Um, it brings down those bad frequencies. So it's bringing down the perceived loudness of the drum. You can hit it just as hard without all those ugly frequencies, and it sounds way quieter to the listener. So I would do that on the snare drum. I would probably run a floor tom with the same sort of thing, a little cover on it. Same ideas, the kick and the snare. really want to get the tone out of the drum, get the, like, the 
in that case, I'd want to get the deepest floor tom I could because it's not going to be mic'd. And I would still want it to sound like beefy and You could mic it. And though. low. You could. I could. I encourage you to. You should always mic your drums if mic you can. Everything. Like I said, I'll mic everything. Yeah. Do it. I will. Okay. Yeah. Great. Good. All right. All right, conversation over. Boom, we're done. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and then other than that, I'd run a hi-hat and a ride, but if you can get away with it in that setting, instead of playing on the ride, play with a shaker to keep that rhythm instead of the ride because the shaker is going to sound nicer and cozier and quieter yeah, in that I'd environment. I think I'd go with the shaker if I was... I'm not playing, but yep. that's just kind of the coziness of yeah the, it's cozy yeah i keep the ride there for an option i sure. might not use it even or even for looks like picture wise sure it looks more proportionate to have something there yes yep and then so here's another symbol thing if you have symbol options i would go with a drier symbol that means it decays faster so you hit it but doesn't it ring as long dies out pretty quick yep the symbols i use ring out fairly long not as long as like a thick small symbol would but they still wash and ring pretty long yeah if you got a more dry symbol which are like pretty popular heartbeat has some their 10 series are pretty dry and like mine all there was like a huge like dry trend yep. in symbols for a while and those all decay super fast so that's a great option for like an acoustic setting like that because you can still get that crash sound pretty washy and then it's gone pretty quick it's not going to ring out in your your nasty cafe forever I'm not saying your cafe is nasty, but the tile probably is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Volume in any cafe is usually pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Thank That's you. My setup. You're, all, you're all set for yeah. Christmas now. There you go. It's just thinking ahead, you know, getting some Christmas planning done. Nice. And, you need to uh, borrow my blanket. I got you. We'll oh. put that on the kick drum. Yeah. No, I might need to borrow a drummer, actually. I'll play. Sounds good to me. There you go. All right. Need a sound guy? I need a sound guy and a bass player or a bass player. I play bass. So book me. Bookme.com. Riley it's, well, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a <laughs> non-paying gig for this one, but oh, well, I'll get forget you a, the whole thing. Never, never mind. mind. <laughs> I'll get you. A, I'll get you a cafe drink. Oh, okay. Might, All right, I'll do it. Sweet. I, I like food heart. and drinks. I'll be there. In the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. Go Christmas. Well, that was a good conversation. Yeah, it's been an honor. Hopefully, uh, you listeners uh, can can take something out of that. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to our Instagram channel and our podcast. Yes, please do. We're all over the interwebs. Otherwise, have a blessed day. See ya. Bye. Wouldn't it be great if you could just snap your fingers and immediately you'd get people more involved at your church? Picture it. People would press in during worship They'd be fully focused during your sermons, and they would be excited to hear announcements. This is the wish of many churches, because we all know the struggles of getting the attention of our community. That's where our friends at Church Motion Graphics can help. CMG equips churches with a large library of eye-catching graphics for worship, sermons, announcements, and more that will help you get attention and move your community forward in their faith. With just a few clicks, your church can start looking great, reaching more people and getting more involvement than ever. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com today.